Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back. Second pick of the fourth round. Steelers are going linebacker Buddy Johnson back-to-back A&M picks, which is kind of interesting in itself. Stops the run of offensive players. Uh, kind of interesting because I, I think there's some bigger names um, at linebacker that were still available. I'm curious to see what uh, the experts think on that pick. But, uh, Jeffrey, just your initial reaction to the Steelers kind of n- foregoing getting a, a nickel corner and, and getting a, a linebacker here in, uh, with their second, fourth-round pick. You got, it's, that's interesting to me. It really is. Um, although we've been saying, we've been saying what we need is a more athletic Vince Williams. And you know who is a more athletic version of Vince Williams? Buddy Johnson from Texas A&M. He's that guy. He also, Texas A&M is SEC. You know, we're back to back Texas A&M here. Uh, he, he's, he's an explosive dude and he's, he's a run guy. So, uh, I can see them going that way. That kind of makes me question how much they value Vince Williams coming back. And it really, it, it really, to me, drives the James Pierre hype train, right? That's that right now. That guy's your, what, your number three cornerback? Yeah, he, he'd be the three. He passed Justin yeah, Lane. I can't imagine Justin, Justin Lane is, is the number three. I mean, that's a chance. But to me, James Pierre, if they're going this far, they're – they're giving James Pierre a shot to, to play significant snaps next year. And they're not investing highly in a backup for him. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 what this says to me is they, they think a lot of James Pierre. So from Buddy Johnson's pro day, he measured in at the slightly over six foot tall, 230 pounds. He ran a four, five, eight, 40. Uh, more that speedy type. Uh, doesn't look like he did uh, – he participated in the bench, but looks like overall a fairly good athlete. Uh, Matty, what do you think about uh, Buddy Johnson? I don't mind him. I just sort of, I guess in some of the mocks, and I mean, you guys know how many billion mocks <laughs> I did. Uh, he was someone that I was seeing a lot later on. Um, the Steelers must really like him. I think Jeffrey hit the nail on the head there around, you know, do we start to see a replacement for Vince Williams? But that's what the concern, that's why for me, I'm having, you know, you guys know how great a day two I had. <laughs> this is starting to make my day three a bit rougher in terms of the draft crushes or the draft likes that I had on the on the board here. But look, you know, we did need to get younger at that inside linebacker position. It does does give us a few options. I'm just surprised at 140, you know, and, and as you guys know, very I was very high on Cameron McGrone, a, a more pedigree, better, better athlete. Um, out of Michigan there. So the fact that he's still sitting on the board as well, you know, they must be seeing these things on tape. And, you know, if they were, I don't know, you you were following quite closely, Michael. Do you know who they, we potentially off the top of your head, who we sent out to Texas to, for their pro day? Because I'd be very interested to see what sort of how the, the background decisions are made there, given that we've drafted two guys in a row now out of Texas A&M. Yeah. You know what? I'm not actually too certain on who they sent out there. Um, I, I know for a fact it wasn't Tomlin or Colbert, but it's one of those things. The Pittsburgh Steelers love taking guys from the same school. This year it's AM. Last year was Maryland. So on, so, so on and so forth. They do it a lot. Um, Jeffrey, I guess in this with this pick, do you see this guy with any ability to come in and play right away, or is he going to be someone that is more of a 
special teamer and then hopefully develops over the years because again at linebacker you got Devin Bush coming back Vince Williams resigned and then you got Robert Spillane for another year I actually I actually found who went to Texas A&M uh, Matt Canada and offensive line coach Chris right. Morgan interesting and so that makes sense with the the brown pick the line it does yeah uh Dan Moore not brown Dan Moore pick uh but but Buddy Johnson, I looked up his uh, relative athletic score was a nine two two, one of the highest among inside linebackers. Uh, his explosiveness was elite. He jumped thirty eight and a half inches, and his broad was over ten. Wow, uh, ten foot eight inches. So he's he's legit there. Uh, I mean, so I, go ahead, Matty. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say there's a bit of a there's a bit of a lag. Sorry there, Jeffrey. But I was gonna say as well, like he, you know, his draft grade, you know. They had him sitting there at a six-one-three, you know, as a good, you know, which usually lands people in that good backup could become a starter sort of level. So, you know, I think Steelers fans should sit there and go, okay, this is a guy that they obviously believe in. They've sent some guys, as you just said there, Jeffrey. He's tested off the charts. You know, if he can get after that run as well, I mean, that that's where his value is going to be for us. Yeah, I think he's yeah. going to be a special teams guy. Uh, this this is exactly the profile for a special teams guy. He is just he's an effort dude. Um, he's got good speed. He's got explosiveness. You send him down there in special teams, let him light people up, and and then you you've let him learn, let him show what he can do on the field. One of the big things that's showing up in scouting reports, though, is something we're seeing the last couple of years a major focus on from the Steelers, and that is leadership. This guy was the defensive team leader. He and he he they said he was a very vocal leader. He was an instrumental leader in workouts. Uh, so this is a guy, again, where you're looking at the Steelers adding players with leadership qualities all across the board. Uh, it's a big focus right now. Mike Tomlin's – I mean, really, ever since Antonio Brown left, right? Ever since ever since James Harrison had his meltdown, followed by Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and all that mess, as they're building this team, and, and I think it's important to note that they're building it with the eye for a future quarterback to come in and take over this team – they are putting leaders all over this roster. And I think that's that's an important step. Yeah, they lost a ton of voices in that locker room. And I, I think it does speak volumes to uh, Moses still being on the board and a few other guys still being on the board that they go that way. Now, Maddie, I'll, I'll kick this question to you again. What does the inside linebacker depth chart look like to you right now? Yeah, so it's interesting. Obviously, we've got Devin Bush coming back off the injury. You've got Vince Williams. You've got Spillane. I see him slotting in there as well. Like I think he starts to come in 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 this fourth, you know, this fourth inside linebacker, you know, in terms of the depth chart. But again, like you know, with the amount of sub package the Steelers are playing too, this isn't necessarily a guy that needs to. You know, he's not going to, even if we need him to start day one, he wouldn't have to play as much day one as well. So I think that's interesting. I just put up a few stats from him that I thought were pretty interesting as well. You know, he had 85 tackles last year, seven and a half for a loss, uh, four sacks, one interception. That's his best production through 10 games. And, you know, he played 13 games in 2019, which was his sort of collegiate high. I'm liking those numbers. You know, there's, there's some decent numbers out of 10 games as well. So um, let's see. And, and I think Jeffrey as well hit it there. He's a vocal leader. That was one of the big things coming out in terms of what he did. I mean, and if you've got someone that's a vocal leader at a key position like that in a defense in a year like what we've had through COVID, you know, from a decent school like Texas A&M, you know, let's read between the lines here. You know, this this might be more positive than what we think. And, you know, 
But I mean, there's still probably many fans out there just like I am that are sitting there going, a few of my favorites are sitting on the board, trade up, trade up. <laughs> um, Jeffrey, with this, like, of course, now we know the Steelers, they went inside linebacker. Their next pick isn't until the sixth round. A sixth rounder is not going to be your primary backup at outside linebacker. It's not going to be your starting nickel. Uh, I, I, to me, James Pierre and Cam Sutton are both still outside guys. Jeffrey, do you expect these Pittsburgh Steelers to go out and try to sign a couple players and uh, have have those spots filled uh, from outside the organization, not from the draft? I don't think so. I, I think we're looking at a situation where when we go nickel, you're going to see James Pierre outside and Cameron Sutton inside. I think you're going to see that. And I think that that works with adding more speed at linebacker is saying, okay, we're going to lose some of our run defense. We're going to lose some of our blitzing at the, at the slot. And I mean, and this is, this is thinking James Pierre doesn't play slot. If James Pierre plays the slot, he can fill that role. He's not a blitzer as much as we haven't seen that from him, but he's a really good run defender. Uh, so he could be the slot. They could be sitting there saying James Pierre can play slot and we're going to plug him in there. Uh, I think one of the interesting things here, right? Like we're going to get a little conspiracy theory on this. Uh, the Steelers now are four deep at inside linebacker. They're three deep at outside linebacker, and they are deep at defensive end and defensive tackle. We saw the Steelers last year run their three, run their seven, you know, their front seven man front out there, only to line up in a four three look with Cam Hayward as a defensive end and either T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, or Alex Highsmith playing as an off-ball linebacker. We could be looking at a team that says, hey, why not just roll out another inside linebacker there? We have Robert Spillane. We have Vince Williams. We have this new kid. Devin Bush is a perfect 4-3 middle linebacker. Like, he's that Mike that, that you want in that defense. We could be looking at the Steelers and say, okay, you know, if we're going to kind of give T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith some, some breathing room, we can do it by just not putting one of them out there. We we can we can just leave Cassius Marsh on the bench and not rotate him in and just go four three for a while you know on those snaps not have to worry about an edge being out there uh, so there's potential there's potential ways they could do this and and that is something they were doing last season they just and they were doing it in 2019 where you would have plays where Vince Williams Devin Bush and Mark Barron were all on the field at the same time so we could see that coming back we obviously didn't see it last year. Uh, with Devin Bush being injured, but we could see it. We could see that this year. So Jeffrey says no to free agents. Maddie, what are you thinking? Could could we see a Casey Hayward or a Richard Sherman, old man Sherman, try to come down and play slot, or is this uh, is this going to be kind of handled uh, inside the organization? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. I think also, I mean, not so if necessarily fully fits in the slot there, but Brian Paul's sitting out there in free agency as well. Um, I agree exactly what you said there, Jeffrey. And when you look at this guy's draft profile as well, that's literally what they were saying. He has that 3-4 and that 4-3 fit. So there's, there's versatility here. And perhaps that's boosted him up that board for the Pittsburgh Steelers. In terms of going to slot corner, I mean, both of your men, Sean Wade, still sitting there, right? So, you know, I would, you know, and we're looking, we're talking about a, a cornerback out of the Ohio State, you know. Get, get him, you know, like, but I, when you go back to what we could handle, 
um, you know, within the organization, I think they're still going to have to bring in someone outside for me. I just, I just think whether it's through free agency or an undrafted guy, I mean, Jeffrey, I, I haven't actually watched too much tape on him, but I know that you talked, I think it was in the curtain call this week, a draft crush that went on draft that you had projected going undrafted. I think it was Pinnick out of Pittsburgh. You know, is he a guy that we could fill in there at the, at the slot corner? Yeah. It's a good um, question. Like that, he could be that dude. He, he is an interesting prospect. Just to rattle off some of the stats for Buddy Johnson here, I, I know Matty got into some of it, but uh, he had four sacks, two forced fumbles, a pick, uh, four pass breakups last season to go along with those 86 tackles he mentioned. Uh, ran a, a four, five, seven. Uh, looking at some of the, his testing numbers and percentiles that he popped up in, he was in like the 95th or above percentile in his broad jump, vertical jump, and 40. So he's a freak athlete. This guy is an all-over-the-field type of linebacker. So, so that is definitely interesting. Um, and like Jeffrey mentioned before, uh, a leader on the locker room. Uh, it, to me, when you look at the Steelers roster right now, I don't think Devin Bush is too much of that rah-rah guy. I, I know he's a guy that gets hyped up and he shreds uh, Michigan State's logo when he's mad and in college. And uh, I know Cam Hayward's still the vocal guy, but uh, he's not going to be around forever. Uh, do you think uh, leadership – I'll ask this to Jeffrey first, but do you think uh, those leadership qualities uh, – put somewhat higher on the Steelers draft board considering uh, that they don't really have as many kind of uh, influential voices in the locker room? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we have seen a concerted effort uh, not just to have leadership at the top, not just with a Devin Bush, you know, not just, not just with, you know, a Najee Harris, who those guys are both considered incredible leaders in their last two first round draft picks we've taken. But also, as you go down the roster, you're seeing guys who are consistently lauded as being team leaders and good guys. And that makes sense because we just saw, you know, an Antonio Brown, who was a six-round pick. You're like, yeah, he's not a future leader on the team. It doesn't matter. He's got character concerns. Okay, but he can return a punt for a touchdown. So let's grab him and play him on special teams, and he can be our number five wide receiver. And then he turns into your number one wide receiver, and all of a sudden his leadership becomes an issue. And all of a sudden, you know, that's that's now an issue. Um, so to me, it makes sense across the board. Just have guys who are good character guys who are these guys so that when you do have someone up front leading, you've got these guys behind him that aren't just, you know, following, but are leaders themselves. They're able to lead themselves and can keep it going. So I, I really think it is a focus. And, yeah, it, it rightfully is moving people up the Steelers draft board. Say what you want about Artie Burns back in 2016, but I would say that was the first draft when the Steelers definitely kind of uh, transitioned into taking guys that were more likely uh, to be uh, good locker room guys, good guys off the field. Since then, basically all these draft picks, one of the things you hear about with all these guys a ton of is they're great off the field. And in this draft class, like we're seeing, you hear that about all these guys. Najee Harris is as good as he is on the field. He's, he's 10 times that off the field for the community, putting in work for uh, people in need and just being a, a good dude, funny dude in the locker room. We've heard some of his interviews, of course, not that interview with the with the, the media yesterday, which was a, a bit of a disaster, but we won't spend too much time on that as we do welcome in Dave Schofield into the conversation. Um, but uh, it, it, is, uh, it, it is something to kind of uh, – 
to, to kind of look at when it comes to these Steelers draft picks that they're taking good dudes. I, I think that matters a lot to them. And I, I think you'll continue to see that as the rest of the draft unfolds. But before we get into anything else, I want to ask uh, BTSC co-editor Dave Schofield his uh, initial reactions on both the thought uh, both both of the draft picks rather of uh, Dan Moore and uh, now Buddy Johnson. Well, I have to say I'm extremely disappointed that I didn't get to catch this show from the beginning because I was having to do the audio podcasts and everything else because I really wanted to hear Matty P, his reaction to uh, the um, – but Buddy Johnson, right? Am, am I even getting Am I even getting the name right? Um, ranked in the three hundreds, going to the Steelers in round four. Um, was just wondering how that how that all went down with you guys. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say this goes to show. Some people say it's important. Some people say it's not. And I don't know if you talked about this or not. When you have a big gap in picks in a draft, because when you have that enormous gap of sixty plus picks you get a player that you're like, I don't know if he's going to be around. The, you know, We really want him, and we have such a long time to wait. Maybe this better be the place to get him. And, I mean, they had, what, a dozen other linebackers that other experts thought were better that they could have chosen, and they went with this one. So that does tell you that they really like him. They must really like him to, to, to take him that high. But uh, it might have – this could have been one of those – cases where he might have been more of their fifth round selection but they didn't have one so they had to take him now yeah i can definitely see that uh like maddie was saying earlier um he thinks the steelers it might be wise for them to move back up in the fifth round here because of how much talent is still available do you agree with that dave i mean i'd give up i mean what do you give up for it are you giving up your your sixth and and, you know, and one of the sevenths, if you can get there, you it might take everything you have left or something from next year to get into the fifth round. Do you only want one more pick left? You know, that's the other that's the other question. Or are they better off just saying, hey, we want three more players? There is the talent there. I mean, this is the point of the draft where people sometimes have to say who, because I mean, especially with Buddy Johnson, who had Buddy Johnson on their radar? Anybody? Did you know anything I about him? him? I had him at seven. I had him like maybe in the seventh. But I mean, you guys saw the billion mock drafts. And even then, like that was if we didn't get him a groan. And, and I didn't necessarily see the fit the way the Steelers did. So I'm yeah. I'm in shock. Yeah. I, I knew you would be shocked, Maddie. And that's why I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could catch that. I'll go back and make sure I, I watch it. But yeah, that's that's where I get there. I didn't, get, I didn't talk about the offensive tackle. That's the typical pick in the typical spot for the Steelers when they have two guys that they believe are their starters, that he's a guy that could be the next guy with some work. And I, I do like that he was one of the few tackles in the, in, in the draft that actually had long arms. And it was also said that if this wasn't such a deep tackle, tackle class, he could have even gone in the second. Uh, I'm going to kick this over to Jeffrey Benedict for the next question here. Just as a whole, what do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about this entire draft class up to this point? Uh, five guys now, four straight offensive players, and then uh, Buddy Johnson that I, I think we're all in agreement is a bit of a reach, but some of the Steelers definitely had their eye on. Well, I talked about the offense. The offense, it just makes sense to me. Is it's showing that they are they're moving to Matt Canada's offense. This is it's it's going to be interesting to me with this draft. What we're seeing is how does Ben fit? Like, is this a situation where they're going to build a roster for next year for for Matt Canada in twenty twenty two, 
and then 2021 just be like, yeah, whatever, whatever works with Ben, throw it together for a year. Uh, or is this a, a team that's going to be like, we're all in with Matt Canada and Ben, you're going to have to fit yourself to that. Uh, it's very interesting to me because this is not – we are not drafting a team that fits what Ben Roethlisberger wants to do. This is not a team that's going to be running 11 personnel. You've got Eric Ebron, Ebron and Pat Fryermuth. Like, you're not running 11 personnel 85% of the time. That's not going to work. You, you need to play those guys. You know, you want both of them on the field. That's when you're going to get the most value out of them. So, for me, like, I'm looking at it saying that that's what it says to me right now is that, that Matt Canada is in charge of this offense. That's number one. Uh, and number two, we're seeing some typical Steeler trends. Uh, leadership, we're seeing – I mean, we just saw two guys from the same school – and uh, we're seeing a lot of athletes. We're seeing athleticism be a major focus, uh, obviously outside of offensive line picks. But we're seeing that like, athletic linebacker, lots of leadership. You know, it's it's Steelers. A big can, reaction can I, there, Dave. Yeah, say, yeah, can I jump in on just one thing he said about tight end? It's where he's right, but it's we got something wrong, wrong in our minds, and that is – Eric Ebron's not really a tight end. I mean, th think about it. Last year when the Steelers ran five wide, they didn't do five wide receivers. It was four wide receivers and Eric Ebron. So this, so although the, I do completely agree with Jeffrey that they're going to run more two tight end looks, I don't know that it's going to be Ebron necessarily as the typical tight end. Or is it going to allow them to try to get a different, because he's a tight end, get a different defensive package on the field that they could either then attack the run if they're going to go small thinking they're going to pass or attack with the pass if they go big um, and then they, they can get the mismatches. So it's he's exactly right, but you got to also think of Ebron as is he a tight end, is he a wide receiver and use it to your advantage, not to your disadvantage. Yeah, to even add on to that, I would say Eric Ebron was really only brought in because of the smoke and deal the Steelers got on him uh, a year ago for just $3 bucks for last season. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think that was a huge reason, obviously, why they signed him. But I think from the beginning, it was kind of a questionable fit. Uh, Maddie, we've crossed over to 4 a.m. there where you're at in Australia. First of all, how are you holding up and what do you think about this draft? <laughs> no, I'm all good. This is what being an international steel fan is. This is called being pumped up. Um, yeah, no, I'm all good. And it's my turn. How many of you had to stay up over the last few days, right? You know, we're a team. We all we all shoulder the load together, right? So, you know, we, we practice a lot about what sort of the attitudes we want for the Steelers. Well, we need to take it ourselves over here at BTSC. So, yeah, I'm good. I just... Oh, there's so much talent left on the board. I, I just, I want to say, I just, there's too much of a gap here for me. There's too much of a gap. So to get back to, to Buddy Johnson here for a minute, Jeffrey, I'll ask you this first. He's kind of cut from the same cloth as Devin Bush. And like, to me, I know in our conversations on our Wednesday night show, uh, we've talked a lot about how the Steelers like to pair someone up, like a, a kind of a, a different type of linebacker next to Devin Bush. Is he more of a Devin Bush backup or are they going to try to change their philosophy at inside linebacker? I think he gives them a player that can do a little bit of what Devin Bush does. Uh, but I would hesitate to call him the same. Their size and athletic profile is similar. Uh, but he's this, this guy, I don't see him as a coverage guy. Uh, Devin Bush is going to be that dude. Buddy Johnson is going to be tasked with just attacking people. 
Uh, he He's not the best at slipping blocks right now, but that's hand stuff. You can work on hand fight. You can work on that. You can work on pass rush moves. Uh, but he's great taking people on. And so, hey, that's that's where you fit. That's what you do. Like, go do it, man. Go hit people. Uh, so I, I like him there. And I think really it's a case where he's small for what he does, right? He's he's a small athlete, so you think he's a Devin Bush, but you watch him on you, – you see what he does on the field, and you're like, no, he's kind of more of a Vince Williams, but he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the size to be that guy. So he's kind of that tweener. Um and I, I think that can work as long as the defensive line in front of him is still, you know, kicking butt and taking names. He's going to be, he's going to be fine. Dave, you talked a lot about uh, in this offseason how draft picks at a certain point in the draft, they don't really play as much, get significant snaps. Here in the fourth round, and considering the Steelers' holes, do you think both Dan Moore and uh, Buddy Johnson could come in at any certain time? of the season and take some significant snaps or are we still looking at that philosophy where you probably don't see them until year two? I see them completely as they might not, they they could be a Justin Lane. They might not get a single snap based on how everything plays out. They're not going to have to play, but if they're ready to play, they, they could. That's kind of how I see both of these picks. I think it's wise that that's, if you're going to take these positions, I'm glad they took them here rather than than if that's going to be the philosophy anyway. Um, I could see – I probably see Johnson okay? unless um, – un, un, Unless – who is that? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Unless Moore ends up being like the jumbo tight end, if you know what I mean. So that's, that, that's the only thing. There. Joe, one of the things I've just seen is like Taquan Graham go to – at Texas go, I'm just trying to see, to the Falcons, right? And I'm starting to see some of the different guys. You had like Luke Farrell go earlier to um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brevin Jordan's just going to to Buffalo. You're starting to see a few of the – oh, sorry. Yeah, to Buffalo. Oh, Texans, my bad. But what – like, sorry, it's hard to look at this. But what I'm starting to see as well is that we're now getting to that stage where different teams are high on different players based on how much tape they saw or they didn't see. And I think, Dave, you brought up a really good point earlier in terms of the gap that exists for the Steelers and going up and getting that guy. But I think now we're going to look into – we're getting to that territory where when we look forward 6, 12, 24 months' time – this is where it's going to be like, well, that team was really high there. They made a mistake. You know, people are going to start taking punts, as we like to call them, down under on where people are going to be placed. So you're going to now start to see that, I think, from the rest of the rounds, we're going to all have the different players that we have those draft crushes on. But it's going to come down to who's going to who's going to really fit here and based on what people, like the individual teams, really like on tape that might be very different to what the other team next to them might be thinking. So we got a super chat here. I'll, I'll ask this to you, Maddie, because I, I know you're the, the prospect guru here. Juan Nogueira puts $2 in the tip jar and says, any chance the team is high in Ahmed Brooks? To me, the only Ahmed Brooks I can think of is the, what, the former 49er that's like 40 years old at this point. Uh, do you, is this the right name? Is this someone that the Steelers could be interested in? He's not on my radar. <laughs> but I'm not the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, yeah, no, not on my radar. So if anyone can find that, we'd love to answer that for you, Juan. Or if uh, if you meant another name, just throw it in the chat and we'll try to get it up for you. Um, beyond that, as we're kind of uh, rounding out the show here, a couple minutes left. Um, Jeffrey, I, I guess I'll, I'll throw this to you first. 
Are you happy with what the Steelers have done on this offseason as a whole, this draft in general? We know the, the, the next couple picks, sixth and seventh rounders, often have a hard time of uh, making the roster. So right now I think we know the meat of this team. Are you happy with what they've done? I am. We addressed our major needs. Cornerback's uh, the only one left, really, outside linebacker. But those are backups. Those aren't. We don't need someone to, to come in and really compete right away. So I'm all right with that. Uh, I just I want to see how we address those those two spots left. But for what they've gotten in this draft, I'm a fan. Uh, Dave, I'll ask the same question to you. Are you happy with the direction of this team? Have they done enough to uh, repeat as AFC North champions? Uh, yeah, I really like what they've done, and I've liked what they've done as we've gone on because I've actually liked the earlier picks more when you see what they've done with the ones later. I was – you know, you, you mentioned before the whole acclimation issue. I was kind of buying into my own numbers too much that, oh, man, if they wait until the third round, they're going to, you know, they might have a guy that they can't really even use the first year. And But when the Steelers made that third round pick, it just made me appreciate the first two picks so much more that they took them in that spot because they, they had a guy they wanted. They knew where they needed to take them in order to get him, and that's what they did. So it was – it really, I really like how it's shaping up, but Jeffrey's right. They've got to, to me, you say they got to address corner. I don't know that they will. I mean, I think they should, but if they don't, I think the bigger mistake would be to not address edge because you are still looking at a player that's going to come in and need to take some snaps off of the guys that are out there. So if you're talking about a sixth round edge rusher, I could see them playing, you know, possibly getting more playing time than the two guys they just took in the fourth round. So the Bengals just made the most bungles move of the draft. They went kicker, uh, Evan McPherson, uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I, I guess we'll see Randy Bullock. I thought was fine for them. Uh, but, uh, Maddie, I, I will ask for your thoughts here. Are, are you happy with this, uh, Steelers kind of off season so far, or are you, or do you still want a little bit more, uh, to be done? Yeah, I, I'd agree with you right there. We could be worse. We could be the bungles and picking a kicker at, <laughs> in the fourth round. <laughs> just, sorry. Uh, that's just. I was going to say, know, was I'm that really the end happy. of the fourth or the start of the fifth? Start of the, the fifth. fifth. Okay, fifth, just yeah. making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm really happy. I mean, I go back to the, the day one and day two that we had. We got instantly the best running back in this draft consensus. I know I finished this, you know, in the pod, in the podcast yesterday, but. We got the best tight end that was remotely going to be in our field of drafting. And, you know, in a, and in a year where, you know, Pat Freemuth and some years might have been, you know, the best tight end in that draft, whether round one would be where he would sit in that, you know, hypothetical draft, who knows. But, and we've got a guy like Kendrick Green, who, which as we all watch more tape on, like Alex Highsmith, like Kevin Dotson last year, we all sit there and we get a little bit, you know, the smile gets bigger on each of our faces. So I'm happy so far. You know, you look at Dan Moore, we don't necessarily... I mean, the thing is, if you're not picking a guy in round one, and Dave's talked about this in the last few weeks as well, they're not starting in week one. You know, the likelihood of them starting is is so low. So there's nothing to lose there. If they've got a guy that they think is, you know, can be the biggest improver or the most coachable, we're automatically an advantage. And then you get a guy like Buddy Johnson, who, you know, as Jeffrey talked about, can do a bunch on special teams. He can do a bunch in three, four, four, three. You know, we get versatility there. As Dave said, we've gone and get him, gone and got him now, you know, because we don't want to miss him later on. Will he still be there if a run on inside linebackers happens? You know, 
we're doing what we need to do. And then I go back to what a couple of you have said as well. Like we've got good people in that room. We've got people that mean business that are not here to, you know, create a, take attention off the number one goal and that's getting the seventh Lombardi. So yeah, I think we've gotten better and I'm happy who we've gotten better with. Okay. So closing thoughts time on Buddy Johnson. Jeffrey, I'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on this pick? I like him. I like him. He's a, he reminds me of a Steelers. He makes me think of a Steelers linebacker. He's an athlete. Uh, he's a hard hitter. He's a leader. Uh, he's going to be on special teams and then he's going to find a role in the defense. Uh, I like the pick. Dave, same question to you. Yeah, I. it's so hard to get information on him. I just can't wait to see the film breakdown from Jeffrey Benedict coming up. That's that's what's really going to sway me more than anything. To me, it, the the biggest question I have to ha- I have to ask is, what would he have been there in round six or seven? Other than that, but if all it takes is one team, and when you're rubbing elbows six feet apart, this you know, <laughs> I'm saying that now for this year with uh with, with, with guys at pro days, all it takes is oh wow, the Panthers really like this guy. They they think they might get him in the fifth. If we want him, we better get him in the fourth. So they have a much better idea of that. So I'm not going to doubt where they had to take him in order to get him and um, really look forward to finding out more about him. All right, Maddie, I guess uh, you can end us off here. Buddy Johnson, what do you think? I think we'll get, I think we'll like him a lot more as the weeks and the weeks go by. The analysis comes through. Um, We're going to just have to back the Steelers on this one. There's a bunch of talent still on the board. You know, let's hope they make the right. They made they made the right pick. And as for myself, I think the Steelers have built an outstanding special teams core this offseason, which is something I, I don't think you're going to hear a lot talked about. But they've added a lot of bodies there. Their coverage team is going to be really good. And who knows? Maybe they do add a, a big leg punter, and they need some guys to fly down the field. I know uh, BTSC co-editor Jeff Hartman, if he's listening, he'd be fired up for a punter pick, especially in the sixth round. I know he'd love that. He might love a long snapper more. Uh, but uh, as we get to the top of the clock here, uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, for Jeffrey Benedict, Dave Schofield, and Maddie Peverell, my name is Michael Beck. We'll be back to, to break down the rest of the picks as uh, we go along here, so we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You're getting film breakdown, uh, analysis, knee-jerk reactions, everything on these picks. So make sure you click over to the website. And if you're not following along on social media platforms, make sure you're doing so. So we'll talk to you guys soon, and we'll see you in a bit.